Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Welcome, quite possibly, the best podcast you've listened to since the last time you listened to us. This is the Board Game Snobs. Why do you say quite possibly? Purportly. Allegedly. Allegedly. The best podcast. We got nominated for the Golden Geek Award. We didn't win. That's fine. But the fact that our people voted for us is very kind. And we thank you for taking the time. Much appreciated. To use the very... Spending your precious Golden Geek monies. The very user-friendly website. The original Bitcoin. Board Game Geek. Do you find us. Board Game Geek? Oh, sorry. We have a special, uh, a special guest with us today, <laughs> Tyler from Chicagoland. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, you guys. And if you're uh, a regular listener and possibly a uh, in the fantasy football league of board game snobs, Tyler was the manager, the head honcho. He was the, what's the guy's name? The commissioner. Commissioner Gordon. He commissioned the league. If only your name was Tyler Gordon, that'd be really nice. <laughs> I know. Sorry to disappoint. I know. Do you have a dog? I do. Okay. I do have a dog. I hear him barking. <laughs> what kind, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can tell a lot from people by their dog. Oh. I'm going to guess that your dog is a small dog, right? He is a small dog. A now, small- my dog isn't barking right now. But there is a train going by. I don't know if that could be what you're oh, hearing. Oh, I don't know. I hear something. Kind small of, dog. It kind of sounds like water dropping. There's something in the background, but that's okay. You have a beagle. Close. He So he has beagle coloring, actually. But he's uh, What's so he's, Scottish he's, terrier? He has a long back. Oh, is he a corgi? Dachshund. Dachshund, the peasant of the corgi crew. A vino schnitzel. I love Dachshunds. Yeah, they're awesome dogs. One of my first clay figurines that I made was of a Donson. Oh, really? Yes, because uh, I made it for somebody who loved Donsons, and they wanted a, I don't know, I just, they just wanted a Donson. So I had to, like, make the hair of a Donson. So I looked up. at Hair the, of the dog. Yeah, hair of a dog. Of and Which, fun fact, the only dog to have ever bitten me was a Donson. So they can, they can be mean. They're mean. They're mean wieners. And so I looked up thousands of pictures of Dotsons to be able to sculpt what I felt like was a very nice clay figurine of a Dotson. What? Have we, how did we get off on this? We asked him about his dog. Your dog's name, your Dotson's name is what? Howie. Howie, like Mandel. Yep. You named him after the worst host wow. ever. Not after Howie Mandel, but you know, well, we have a so we have a strange thing where we like to name our pets after um, after presidents, and he was kind of tangentially related with uh, William Howard Taft, so you know, went with that with Howard Howie. But but I mean, there's other naming stipulations within my wife's family. Uh, we they have dachshunds that all start their names all start with the letter H. And so we had to kind of, we wanted to go within that kind of tradition too. So. so many rules. I know. I, I, I named all my cats. Me and my wife named all our cats after people from the office. My favorite. It's not that weird, Gobby. My favorite cat was Halpert, <laughs> followed by Shrewd. 
Hmm. It was very nice. I have no such rigorous rules for the naming of my animals. Your cat is awful. You, how I dare you? Hate your cat. You do, he's a good cat. He it kills whines. moles it all the time. No, he's insist. talking because when he wants food, he lets me know, and he then he whines. eats, and then he tells he me that he wants whines. outside. Nobody, it's called talking. Every, he's talking. To everybody me. knows your cat whines so bad. He was on Awful. one episode where you could kind of hear him, maybe, and I don't even think you could. Anyways, as fascinating as this is, the names of your whining cat. I didn't even say Rio. Shout out to Rio. Please. Uh, Tyler from Chicagoland, who sent us multiple emails of his child, his newborn baby. That's right. I remember the first photo. I said, that's a handsome couple. And he was cradling his baby in his arm. The forearm. It's kind of like a football. That, yeah. Like, yeah. It's weird. It was a really. small child. It was kind of. Those were newborn photos. Yeah. They always make you do the weird poses like that, you know. Did y'all do the pregnancy photos? We did. Yeah. Those are weird, too. I don't know those why. Those are also weird. Yeah, that's very odd. Where you, where you you have to, like, put your hand on her belly or yeah, something? Yeah, you do mm-hmm. something. And you push your put ear your ear to the yeah. belly? Yeah. it's, it's Like it's, it's talking to you? Yeah. yeah. And all you hear is, like, gurgles and bubble noises. That's that's exactly, that's exactly what a uterus sounds like, Gobby. noises. <laughs> that's exactly what I don't know what a uterus sounds like. I don't put my head to pregnant women's bellies all the time. I'm just saying, you'll hear the ocean, uh, or at least the motion of it. So you're an SLP there in Chicagoland, and an SLP, give us the DL on SLPs. ASAP. It stands for Speech Language Pathologist. It's a overly long job title. We also, I mean, we're more commonly known as speech therapists, and neither one, like speech therapists, a lot of times with that title, it's a bit like, People view it as overly sim, uh, simplistic or people don't take it seriously enough. Or when you go with speech language pathologists, people are like, what? That's a mouthful. I have no clue what you're talking about, you know. But um, there's no good job title for us, it turns out. There's just no good way to you're describe it. You're a word doctor. Sure. A word smith. Okay. All right. I like that. So do you specialize in any particular aspect of, of pathology with the speech? Is it for helping people who've had strokes, aphasia? The diagnosis of of uh, autism. Was that the doorbell? Someone ring the doorbell. I kind of heard that. I heard a doorbell ring. Someone's at your door, Gobby. I better go check. Go check. Go check. uh, Take the take the bat with you, just in case it's that angry FedEx man again. Gobby has been accosted several times by a random FedEx worker, and so uh, he's he he's very uh, frightened to answer the door now. Uh, UPS he's fine with, but he sees those FedEx trucks and it gets real shaky. Anyways, so do you specialize in anything particular with SLP? I do. Uh, It would be way too hard to just, you know, treat everything within the field. It's, uh, you know, like a two and a half year grad program. So it's, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of different areas that we work with. Usually people, so I work with adults. I work with adults in an outpatient clinic setting, but I do... I work for a weird company that does outpatient house uh, house calls. So it's it's like home health, but it's billed as outpatient therapy. And I go to a lot of different assisted living facilities in the Chicago area. And I go to people's houses too, whenever uh, there's orders that people's doctors give. Yeah. So I mainly work with adults and that involves working with people that have had strokes, people with dementia, people with that have had brain injuries or cancer or what have you. Usually that's my typical case though. Uh, other like 
neurological degenerative diseases like uh, Parkinson's, Huntington's, things like that. So I work with adults. Yeah, the, the company I work for, we, we contract a lot for speech therapy. And I find it very interesting because I don't think people, one of my favorite shows that I often point people to, which is now leaving me, The King's Speech about the stuttering and all that. And I used to have a stutter, which crops up sometimes. I do too. At random times. and, and Really? My, yes. And my own weird uh, verbal tics that... And I pick up on those from other people, I guess, because I'm hypersensitive towards my own. So I tend to be listening more towards others when they speak. Where am I getting off on? Oh, I'm going on about how interesting it is, not only speech patterns, but how we take speech for granted. It's fascinating how quickly we can talk without really putting a lot of effort into thinking, I guess you could say. Like, it's so natural, especially our accents uh, how we enunciate, and how there's such a vast difference between people. How you can tell how well a, a trained speaker is, or, or somebody who does a lot of public speaking, or somebody who's had any type of, of training in that. And, or at the same time, people who've had various other, uh, whether it be brain injuries or strokes or things of that nature, how that affects their speech is all very fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, it really is. I mean, people don't know... You, like you just take it, uh, take it for, for granted. And when you contrast it to something like physical therapy or occupational therapy, people understand that more. It's a little more concrete when someone has trouble with like walking or with, they lose their abilities that way, their mobility, you know, it's more concrete. People understand why they need therapy more. And then, yeah, when it comes to speech therapy, it's just a lot harder uh, it's more abstract. And it's also something like you're saying, it's easy to really take for granted. And it's hard to really realize all the complex processes going on with communication, right? Especially communication. That's the part of my job where it's probably the most complicated is like dealing with someone that say has aphasia and they have trouble with like either understanding, like uh, understanding what they're hearing or what they're reading or they have trouble with expressing them uh, themselves, whether it's verbally or over text. Now, that's that's something that I find to be of interest where I, I have often it, it's a struggle not only to be able to get people to understand what you're saying, but at times to communicate with people in a way that's not only brief, but fits their style of listening. Is there anything that you have noticed in terms of just in your practice? I guess what I guess I guess when it comes to communicating with others, is there some sort of thing that is probably I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm I, I have been caught up in this this thing here lately about how we listen and take in information and how we process it. And then hand that information off with others. I've been listening to several podcasts about brevity, about public speaking, but also about organizing thoughts and information and being able to present it. Apparently, you need to listen a little more. Well, what I, what I found, though, and, and, and to that, is that speaking and being able to convey not only thoughts and feelings is not something that is – it takes practice, but it takes preparation. And I find that, of course, there's people who do it better than others. But to be able to have a true conversation with somebody, to be able to formulate your thoughts, say what you got to say in, in such a way, and then be able to switch that off and listen, that to me is fascinating. 
do you in your studies with with speak with, with as an SLP is there anything that you notice just in everyday life with people's speech patterns or how they deliver or take in information that you find odd I find odd not really I mean what what you're speaking to there it is that's a very advanced skill that I would say most people don't do the best <laughs> they um and it is more of a realm of like that goes more into the cognitive side with like your executive functions and how well you're organizing your thoughts and how well you're able to um to divide your attention i think that even goes beyond the linguistic realm and more into the like your executive fun- your executive functions and reasoning in the frontal lobe of your brain and i don't have any sort of tips as far as how to improve that but speech, that's from the occipital lobe, correct? It's in the back of the brain, correct? Speech, well, not the occipital lobe. It would be more from areas that control motor movement, like the cerebellum, but then also like um, areas of the uh, frontal lobe, temporal lobe. Cerebellum, I love their music. That changed your name, though. The uh, And so how does, for instance, you sent us an email we were discussing about with Bruce Willis when he had quote-unquote aphasia, which... Technically, I mean, that's we read your email and was going over that a little bit. And, and I mean, of course, that goes over most people's head. Remove your hand from your mouth. So you're blocking your speech patterns. No, I'm not blocking. It's podcasting 101. Ah, I see. You're an audiophile. I am. Your um, aphasia. Just delve into that a little bit, especially using the example there with Bruce Willis. So aphasia is disordered language, basically, boiled down simply. But it's not that simple, obviously. It's like, Aphasia is disordered, either understanding of language or use of language, expression of it, uh, which then that can be split into verbal and like verbal expression and written expression. And it can also uh, be involved with auditory comprehension and reading comprehension. And depending on now, aphasia isn't just a disease within its own right. That was part of what didn't necessarily bother me about the Bruce Willis um, diagnosis announcement. It was just like, okay, that's part of the picture. Why does he have aphasia? You know, um, and not that the family needs to. Obviously, it's their it's their right to hold that private. But aphasia does not happen without, or it it, it doesn't just happen on its on its own. Something causes it. The main causes are stroke, or brain injury, traumatic brain injury, or head or neck cancer can cause it. Um, or other types of cancer, like uh, leukemia or like blood cancers could cause it. Also, it could be caused by a neurological degenerative disease. And one of them, it can, so that could be like Parkinson's, that could be a form of dementia. Um, It can happen with Alzheimer's, especially in later stages, or it can happen in a type of dementia called frontotemporal dementia. And that is actually, if I were to venture a guess, I think that's what Mr. Willis could have is frontotemporal dementia, particularly a subtype that's called primary progressive aphasia. His, his family was talking about how, how they characterized it as aphasia that's, a, that's impacting his cognitive abilities. And that's the other piece. Aphasia doesn't mean that you're going to have impaired cognitive skills. You're not necessarily going to have impaired memory or problem solving or attention, right? That's what leads me to think that it could be that he has one of these dementia types, that is then causing the aphasia. It's also causing cognitive impairment. And and, and with that, just a normal normal average average everyday person, 
what would be something that they could do to improve perhaps in their own their own speech their own clarity how to help with your own clarity um one thing that i would recommend is to uh a lot of times people will drop into uh into vocal fry they'll go way down here right they got this kind of uh you know it sounds kind of kind of staticky right try to have try to speak with your own like as clear a voice as as possible don't try to like force it and make it sound like either like like super low if if you're a man you know you're trying to get your really deep sounding voice just trying to have a nice and clear tone nice and easy is always good when it comes to just being an effective communicator that's where you uh, also go into the areas of like trying to be concise, trying not to ramble on, trying to, you know, organize your thoughts. Well, those are kind of main, main things that I would recommend to people. And all that kind of falls into also the executive functions. I mean, when you, when you branch into like ADHD or anything of that nature, being able to put your thoughts in order, be able to spit that out in a meaningful way and, and communicate in a way that that's the intention that people are picking up on the purpose of your speech. That's difficult. And I think that's, that's fascinating. The more I have learned on, on, on that particular topic and how that's done and what makes somebody an effective communicator, you don't realize how much talking is useless until you, you've, you've keyed in on that. Most of this podcast, not this episode. Right. But, but at the same time, people enjoy certain level of small talk or banter chit chat that they enjoy that to to a degree which is fine but when you're actually trying to convey and you can tell when the tone switches when you're trying to convey a thought and get a expression or something of that nature that's in the back of your head and get it out to somebody else to where you you're trying to make them understand what exactly you're describing that's very difficult and I've I've just been the more I've read up on it, and more I've, more I've I've listened about it, it it is become very evident now more than ever when I listen to various podcasts about who is an effective communicator and who isn't. It's kind of odd, especially in this. Do you feel life. you're an effective communicator? No, no, I have an actual. Oh. Uh, I am if I'm prepared. Like if you give me a topic and say explain this whatever whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I think I'm well above average. What about I, long pauses? Do they count towards that? Long pauses? Yeah, because I edit out a lot of pauses. Well, it's because I'm thinking. Oh, okay. As you're speaking. Yes. Okay. Which is something you might attempt, <laughs> because what you'll find is in, instead of having... I oftentimes just can't think of what I'm trying to say. Right, Which is which is also one of those traps where you can fall back on platitudes or just saying something to fill dead air and that's right part right. of it yeah that's part of it and like it's interesting that uh-huh. that's uh-huh yep. uh-huh yeah, right. yeah gotcha I, I gotcha yeah and it's something that you often go on about what podcasts that you listen to but they're terrible this, this guy's most terrible, of them are terrible which is awful for you to say such harsh things at most podcasts are terrible it editing you need to edit a bunch of stuff out well a lot of people don't there's a podcast i listen you were talking about this vocal fry there's a pod i, I listen to slash film there's one of their editors, and they've been podcasting a long time. They're like pro, but they're journalists. He talks like this, like and, and like his voice. I cannot listen to 
it's his actual voice, but I don't know if he could, but he can, when he like, he can speak more forcefully and he's fine. But when he first starts talking off his talk, and it just gets on my, nerves. I'm like, speak with a little bit more force instead of this. Oh, 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 that drives me crazy. It's the whole Kim Kardashian thing. Who's Kim? Car- what? Kim K. I don't. Fry. I've never heard her. Pete Davidson's girlfriend. I know who she is. I've oh. never heard her speak. They got vocal fries. That's what's what a, they were known for. What's a vocal fry? He just told I know. You. I know he said a vocal fry, but I, I mean. Um, I don't want to do that. Oh. oh I don't want to go with that. That's a valid girl. Yes. Perfect example. Oh, my Thank gosh. You. Becky. Oh my God. But it's like they start off and they go, blah, blah. like you're just, I don't know what. Yeah. Well, you're winding down. You're winding it down, but don't. It's annoying. You should want well. Sometimes. It is. It is normal to do at the end of something that you're saying. It's, but it's abnormal to just be doing it all the time. <laughs> right, right. So that, yeah, that's, and that can lead to more more troubles with your voice. Actually, voice disorders are something else that I work with. The more that you're. Uh, that you're doing that and not letting the vocal cords truly vibrate like they're supposed to, then you're more at at, or at risk for having uh, troubles with your vocal cords. We were going to have Enrique on so you could straighten him out and we could figure out what exactly is wrong with him. You missed out. He couldn't. He's working. I was really hoping. I was really hoping Enrique would be here. Yes. He, yeah. He's, he's, he's somebody when it comes to communication. There's that's what we should do is just have we could just our first YouTube video could just be uh <laughs> diagnosing Enrique. We just have all the specialists that we've well, had on the show. He does have a hard time getting his words out, but he does. But and it's only on the podcast. Like if you talk to him when he's telling you a story in the car, he talks fine, mm, but as soon I as say fine. Oh, well, not fine, but it, it's worse when he's on the podcast and like he's trying to convey something, right. Which is why we like having on the podcast. But I don't know that that's not that's not necessarily speech language pathology. That might be more cognitive. Like, yes, he's shaking. Well, his head, I think yes. it's a little more. It's potentially more psychological. I think he might just be a little nervous or something. Maybe if I were to venture to guess, maybe I'm wrong. Right. But I think I think nervous. he could. You know, we intimidate having him some large with our great yell at him. I mean, come on! <laughs> oh, whatever you yell at him all You're the time. Always berating the poor boy. False. I'm always being. You like, berate everyone. I do not. I'm surprised. How I dare can speak. you say such a thing? <laughs> you, it's called projection. Our next guest is going to be a psychologist, so we get you <laughs> lined out. I'm tired of you blaming everything on me, even though I am a toxic person. You are very toxic. I yeah, we know this. <laughs> We know this. And what are you doing to fix it? Nothing. I, I'm accepting it. And that's not good either. No, you're enabling I should, me. I should break out of this relationship. You are part of the problem. That's what you're I'm, saying. I'm contributing towards that's it. That's what yes. I'm hearing. But I'm, together. We are one. We are. It's like the. <laughs> we are an effective team. <laughs> I think, yes. It's like, a, it's like the, uh, what was that Captain Oblivion. Planet? When they all put the rings together. <laughs> and then Cap, they summon. Or, it's like, it's like the, more like the Transformers, where they all combine and they oh, become. No, yes. that's Voltron. Voltron. That's what it is. Our that, codependent <laughs> relationship is basically Was Voltron. that Oblivion where they kept saying, we are an effective team? Yeah. That's Tom Cruise. Yeah. And a uh, woman, I can't remember her name. I liked her a lot. She got the red hair. Mm-hmm. That's she not helping. In, uh, she was also in one of the Hannibal Lecter movies. Julianne Moore. Is that her? That wasn't Julianne Moore. Oh, I know I Julianne bet. Moore. Like the back of my hand. That was not <laughs> oh, Julianne really? Moore. I really like What's Julianne her top Moore. three movies? Julianne Moore. Uh-huh. Children of Men. Jurassic. What a great movie, Children of Men. 
What a what, uh, yeah I, yeah yeah. Children of Men is one of the greatest movies ever. ever is that ever. the one with Clive Owens? Clive Owens, yes. That's like the most depressing. No 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 no. I'm thinking of the one with Viggo Mortensen. It's also that's the, in road. the, the Oh that's my the road. god, that's a horrible horrible that's a, movie. That's a McCormick book. Um, Hardcastle of McCormick. And, and that's that's something. Remind me, just remember McCormick. Think of the chicken. Uh, so Julianne Moore. So Children of Men, one of Children the greatest of men, okay. science fiction. She was also in Jurassic. Park too. That was great. Oh wow, that's right. She was, and she's been the. She now here lately. She's just kind of been in random stuff. For instance, I think she was in the sequel to the 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 one with the pseudo uh, James Bond guys, Kingsman. She was like the bad guy in one of those. She was also been in a lot of romantic comedies. But Julianne Moore is an excellent actor. When you type in Julianne, the first one that pulls up is Huff. That's a shame. Huff. She's the dancer. Have you guys seen the movie Still Alice? No. It is on my I am it's on my my list though. Still Alice? Yes. Yeah, she does such a great job of uh depicting dementia actually. So she she plays someone with Alzheimer's and it shows her kind of progressing through it. It's fascinating. She does a very good job of portraying it and accurately too. She's been in some horror movies, been really good, but Julianne Moore. Boogie wonderful. Nights apparently. Magnolia. Okay, she's been. I mean, I know who she is, but I, she's not somebody that stands out to me. Well, I don't like Julianne Moore. Oh, she's not my favorite. You know what? I'll say it. I don't care for her. There, I said it. I've been, I've been walking on eggshells this whole time. I don't care for her. Well, who do you care for? Julianne Huff. I love her dancing. Who's Julianne Huff? I don't know. She's on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I'm talking about actresses. Jodie Foster. You like Jodie Foster over Julianne Moore. Jodie Foster is a good actress. Name one. Name something Jodie Foster's done here lately. Oh, oh, so that's all that counts is what have you done for me lately? What has she I done? I appreciate her works from when Besides she was young. Besides a really bad accent. What has she done? Nail. What? <laughs> Nail? When remember she was like raised in the woods? Oh, come on. No, something. Contact. Oh, oh Matthew McCormick. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Matthew McCormick. <laughs> uh Silence of the Lambs. I know Silence of the Lambs, but that's that's the bad the, accent. Uh the one where she, she's in that protective room. Panic room. Panic room. <laughs> Get to the protective room. <laughs> Uh, the other one where she's on the airplane. Panic Room I liked. You know why? It's got uh, uh, Kristen Stewart in it. No, it's got one of the greatest country singers that has ever Dwight lived. Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Everything Dwight Yoakam touches turns to gold. Mm. Panic Room. Midas. Midas. <laughs> uh, the recent Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, can't think of it now. The one where he went south of the border. Need I remind you, Billy Bob Thornton in Sling Blade with... That was a good one. Dwight Yoakam. The only show that it bombed on, that Hollywood homicide with Josh Hartnett and Harrison Flight Ford. Plan. That's the airplane. Flight plan. plan was awful. R.I.P. Uh, one of the few shows that... Elysium. <laughs> again. Uh, one of the few shows okay. that Sean Bean didn't die in. I kind of shout out Jodie Foster because she's like one of the first ones I could think okay, of. Okay, well, it was a... Whole, okay. Meryl Streep. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, best actress, go. Dame Judi Dench. Uh, Viola Davis. Now she's an actor. She can she can act. Yeah, yeah. Dead gummit. I should have said Viola Davis. You got me shoehorned me with Julianne Moore. You got me <laughs> off topic. And you got me excited. You about chose Moore. like the most random actress out there. You chose her. You started talking trash about her. I don't care for her. Well, I don't know why you don't hear her. I, don't, I just don't like her acting necessarily. Uh, her acting's wonderful. 
It's subpar. Tyler, what have you been playing lately? What have I been playing lately? Well, I've been playing some Marvel Champions, lots of Marvel Champions. Oh, Favorite cover. I mean, no. I play it all the time. Explain to me the love for Marvel Champions. Because I, I love, yeah. You guys didn't like it, did you? Well, now here's the thing. I, I, I don't like it. I I'm, it. I'm not like a Marvel it. fan at all. I am. Gobby really likes Marvel. Like he has Iron Man's glowing thing tattooed on one of his breasts. You got Wolverine right behind you. Yes. Behind yes. Yeah. There. And Spider-Man right above him. Yeah, I'm a Marvel guy. The theme doesn't catch me. I did appreciate how it worked, though. Like the actual overall game to me was fine. I just didn't understand what made it different and so enjoyable in comparison. Yeah, for for whatever reason, I just feel like it has a lot of a lot of the mechanics that I really like in a lot of other games too. Um, I really like hand management games, and so the hand management in that game, just being able to you got a hand of cards and being like, okay, I could I could I could use these cards this way, or I could do it this way, or I could like. You know, I can use these three as resources and put this down because they're kind of multi-use. I love that aspect of it. I love the modularity of it. I love being able to play as the different heroes and the and each hero's deck feels very different and very unique to them, you know, and and very true to their to their powers and everything. Even though I didn't like it, I did find that the having the little deck, which each hero has their own little weird event or bad guys or whatnot that kind of like only shows up in that deck. I thought that was a nice touch. There, there's a lot of nice things about Marvel Champions. I it just personally, I just didn't. I think the, I think the mechanic of deck building is something that I'm just not that. I just don't really like. It's not a deck builder. I know, but it's like well, deck construction. You mean right? Right. Like kind of right. building your decks like like between and everything. I, I totally get. That. I'm trying to find. I'm trying. I don't know why, and I, I've tried to distill down. Why it is I love Star Wars Destiny so much, but everything else around that that I should like that are similar mechanics, I just don't like it. I just don't get it. I like building the decks out. I like having the characters. I like building my little uh, my little set of cards and having this and and feeling like I've I've created something almost thematic myself with these characters. I really enjoy it and really enjoy playing the game. My daughter just here recently got into Pokemon. Uh, which is an awful thing, by the way. Uh, and it's a deck builder. Build your cards, play a game. Are you charging into Walmart on at five o'clock in the morning with I, the rest of them? I punched somebody. <laughs> Riding people, yeah. You have to. It's part of it. That's all part of the glory of the collection. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's only three people in Oklahoma that collect Pokemon cards. And so, we're literally, there's the stores are filled with them. Nobody's fighting for them over here. I don't know what the deal is. You can go buy whatever you want in Walmart, but you go. don't understand why I love Star Wars Destiny so much and why everything else I just can't quite get into. I'm trying to distill down into it. Do you think it's because, do you not like variable player powers? No, I, we do not. I, I don't. And I, with Star Wars Destiny, the, the, there isn't a lot of that. Like, it's pretty well... I feel like when you won the game, you won because you took the time and played your deck the way it should have been played. You constructed a good deck. You can still lose with it, but you construct a good deck. You play it well. You're going to win. And it and it's whereas I'm just don't get into games where the 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 variable powers are just crazy, and everybody's different. I don't find that appealing at all. And maybe that's it. Do you have a setup for Marvel Champions that's like your favorite like hero villain? 
So my favorite heroes, um, I haven't explored a lot of villains yet. I mean, there's I've played 50 games of Marvel Champions almost, and I've only played against two villains so far, and I still have like 20 villains in the box. That's what's awesome about it is how like modular and you can just play so many different games of it, right? Um, a favorite, my favorite hero so far, um, I like Ant-Man a lot. You can change size um, to different to like he has two different hero forms in, in, instead of just one hero form. Because in Marvel Champions, you flip between alter ego form and hero form. He has two hero forms. He has giant Ant-Man and tiny Ant-Man. And um, you can kind of activate um, different cards based on what hero form he's in. I also really like uh, Captain America. He just has a he's one of the strongest heroes in the, in the whole game, but in a way that doesn't necessarily break it. Like actually, um, Doctor Strange, he is one of the he's recognized as being like one of the most like powerful heroes in it. But it's almost not fun to play as him because it's just too easy. You just completely dominate every time if you do that. I may try him then. Captain America is is interesting because he's just roided out, isn't he? Like that's what his power is, is he's just taking DMT or something and he's roided in steroids, right? He's just roided out and, and he has a shield. He has a platinum. He's very strong. Titanium shield. He doesn't fly, right? No. He doesn't. He, what makes him super? Besides, you know, just he's being very. Strong? He's just an extraordinary human. That's the thing. It's his mentality. He's he's a true like good person, and um, I mean, but obviously, it's also because he has super soldier serum. <laughs> he's what the worst super? He's super nice. What's the worst superhero ever? Is no, Captain but America. he's actually still stronger than any I normal know, human. So, well, so's the Hulk. He Hulk, can beat up Batman. Hulk has the strength. Batman versus Captain America. Captain America wins. No, he would not. Yeah, he would. Ca- he's Bat- also got super brain because Bat- he's a tactician. Batman killed Superman. Or, it's because Superman, you just carry a green rock around. Oh. So let, let me let me but let me get this straight. Are you telling me that Captain America is because I don't know about these heroes? Is okay, he bulletproof? Clearly. Is he bulletproof? Neither is Batman. I'm asking a question. Is no, Captain he's not. Bull- but his shield is ah. just like Batman. Oh, so he's never got shot in the knee. <laughs> it's I like know. That whole, it just keeps moving the shield rapidly. Yes. No, Batman would fly No, you've got to be. Your, no. your ignorance is no, showing. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. It just Why would Batman sense. defeat him? Because Batman. He doesn't have super strength, super speed. Or a super brain. I know he's smart. He's the but world's Captain greatest America, detective. Oh, well, he's got the biggest magnifying glass. Yeah, he is. He's the world's greatest detective. Well, he couldn't figure out that uh, riddle in The Batman. Listen. And it was just a Spanish word he didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of, that was one of those things of like, oh, if only I had listened to Rosetta Stone. You know, it's like one guy could have got that. Not quite yet the world's greatest detective. You know, he got bested by Paul Dano. <laughs> who was an accountant but uh no i just i don't get it like he literally his superpower is he got put in a machine got put in a tanning bed you don't and know and it out and he has now, super his super, strength his superpowers are he's so, a really so, nice guy no, say t- take batman and make him stronger so, faster and smarter so and just, that's what the serum could you, did could you imagine they're like testing this and they go all right we got this machine we're going to make you a superhero and you get out and you're like so what's the power well look at your abs they're slightly tauter and you now are you're just a nice person 
Like, he is. That's you, true. You, you let other people. You put away your grocery but cart. While he's doing that, he also could defeat you with strategy. You don't, be, you don't cheat Meanwhile, on your taxes. Meanwhile, nobody likes Bruce because he's over there too busy crying about his parents. <laughs> Do I have an outfit? Oh, yes. From Forty it's, years it's ago, the flag of Puerto Rico. <laughs> put that on. What about my weaponry? Do I have a gun? No. No, you actually have. Now, are we going to talk about batarangs this, and grappling hooks? Yeah, so this, much better. This shield that, for some reason, you can throw it as a weapon. Throw the shield if you get in trouble and run up to people and punch them. Please. That's what the Batman did. The entire movie of the Batman. No, Batman has. He just walked up and punched people. Batman don't. Had a bulletproof suit on. He got bulletproof suits. Yeah. (laughs) You're making me like I don't like the Batman, and I really, really do. But your stance is ridiculous. You are anti Julian Moore, (laughs) and you are anti Batman, and I know it, and it's coming out. You are so pro this Captain America stuff. He and sold me with his niceness. But he's, he's but nice that's guy. his power. Is he's that's nice? not his power. He's it's nice. part of his power. Milady, he's got a little fedora. <laughs> Will you please put that down? <laughs> Nary a puddle goes uncovered by Captain yes, America. He puts his shield down. Step over my shield. If somebody ever steals his shield, what's he going to do? It's been stolen, and he still survives. <sighs> How? He how, makes another shield. How does he block the bullets? <laughs> I can't leave the house right now. He I've dodges them. Who makes his shield? Uh, in the movies, it was the Stark Industries. So let me get this straight. I think and the Wakandans with the uh, with um, their vibranium. I think. Oh, vibranium. that's right. He yeah. has right? to rape yeah. Africa to with his new his material to make his no, shield. No, they volunteered to give it. Oh, to him. okay, gotcha. Also, so there's that. All right, but Batman. Who just makes his own stuff? Oh, thanks to his dad stealing from the whole city of Gotham. Uh, yeah. He makes. He's trying to support Gotham <laughs> with various social services. Tyler, what was the last game you played? And now a hard merge into board games. Last game that I played, well, besides Marvel Champions, was um, Seasons. Have you guys played the game? I've Seasons? never played. Seasons. I have Seasons, and it looks interesting. I know a lot of people liked it. I keep. I don't know why I don't. Is it dice placement? Yeah, so it's a dice drafting game. It's a dice drafting like tableau building game. Um, It has kind of some. Some people compare it to Magic, uh, Magic the Gathering. I don't know why, um, but I don't. I don't really play Magic that much. Um, But yeah, it's like a a card drafting and dice drafting game. Very interesting. Um, I think it's pretty good i don't think it's great i was i was actually figuring out whether to keep it or not whether to keep it or sell it on and i actually found out i like i like the digital one better i like the implementation on bga better than having oh, the actual yeah. board there game. is one on bga we gotta play it on yep. bga bga's been you guys want to play a game we should play it bga's been tearing it up here lately I'm skipping number four. I hate number four. Describe a game by box art. Let him describe a game by box art. All right, fine. Hey, all right. I got it. I got this it. This is the Bubba Top 5. He you says, ready for I hope you say there's some Marvel characters and they look like champions to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, okay. All right, all right. I got a, I got a game cover here. Let me see. Let me find. And I, me it's it one we're familiar with. That's the well, key. We're familiar I think with everything. You'll know what this game is. And I think you'll know, you might be able to kind of know the cover. Okay. So I'm changing it. So I got a game right here. I'm going to look at it. Imagine, so it's very traditional European style art, 
the the art style almost looks like art from like the face cards on a on a deck of cards, right? Twa. So imagine it is twa. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yes. I was about to ask if there's nudity. I didn't even get to like talk about how it reminds me of like, imagine like, like just European dudes with like the Pittsburgh Steelers color scheme. Yeah. I, I, for someone had just posted on Instagram, they were playing Trois, and I, for, that was at the the top of my brain for some reason. Not the what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Um, I go back and forth between a couple. One of them is um, the King's Speech. So you mentioned <gasps> earlier, Jerry, I have a stutter. I grew up stuttering. It's what got me into speech therapy, actually. And actually, it was more specifically when I saw the King's Speech and I walked out of the movie theater because it came out like when I was a sophomore in college. And I was like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to you know, do for my job and everything. And I walked out of the theater and I'm like, you know, I could be a speech therapist and here I am. I, I don't work with, uh, with kids that have a stutter. I don't work with anyone that has a, uh, you know, stutter really, but it's what got me toward the field. And so, um, that movie too, I mean, I mean, Colin Firth is just great in it. Um, so that's one of my favorite movies. And then my other favorite movie lumping them together is just Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings had such a profound influence just on like my childhood. And like, it came out when I was like 11, 12, 13, you know, it was just right in my formative years. And I saw Return of the King like 10 times in theaters. I'm mm. not kidding. I wish I was. Is, is Lord of the Rings your Star Wars? Yes. I've never seen it. I think I watched like a few minutes of the That's first one. That's because it's quite a commitment. It is a commitment. Very I'm good. not They're ready very for that. long. I'm not yeah. ready for it. I don't think. I feel. I feel like it's been put a ring on it, Jerry. There's been a there when people talk something up so much, like it's, like, it's how could it possibly? It's be that going good? to fail. Like it's not going to be the experience, and that's actually a psychological thing. Where like if you talk something up to somebody, they're going to it's never going to live up to the hype after a certain point. You're they're going to be disappointed. Whereas if you just kind of lowball it. They tend to be blown away. But by that's it. not necessarily true because they were really talking up the Batman and you loved it. Well, you, who knows? Well, I mean, they weren't talking up the Batman. I mean, but people people weren't. Ha- the reviews were raved. I wasn't reading the reviews. We- you knew it was going to be good. No, no, I didn't know because, you I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes out. Uh, but but you just, you're just not sure. You're just not. They, they act like it's going to be great and it's horrible. So I like to be pleasantly surprised. And I was. What do you think of the Hobbit movies? The Hobbit movies, I um. So I saw the first two. I have not seen the third one. I, mm. for whatever reason, I just have not seen it. Um, Everybody dies. I like movies better than <laughs> I think most people did. I still, but I mean, obviously not enough to watch the third one. So I like what's his face. Poldark. Watson. Martin Freeman. Watson. Yeah, Martin Freeman. I really like Poldark's Martin. in it too. I don't know who that is. I don't watch that stuff. Board game you want to see made into a movie. So I was thinking about this one for a little while, and I think I kept coming back to Clank. I think that Clank has a very, like, it has a very rich setting to it. And uh, I think done as an action comedy, then it would be great. Like, not like a serious movie. It would Clank have in to space be like, or the original Clank? Probably original Clank, because then you could you could do Clank, and then you could have a Clank, and so, like, you could make a franchise out of this, right? Clank, Clank in space, Clank legacy. Just like, basically, it would be the Hobbit with uh, uh, the Italian job merged basically. together. Yep. 
They're going in there, stealing the riches from the dragon, and then they got to run out. Be Mark Wahlberg. Huh? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Charlie Theron. Two, or the Michael Caine one, whichever Michael one. Michael Caine's too old. <laughs> I didn't say cast him in it. There's two Italian jobs. I know, movies. I know. That, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying he's too old to be in this. <laughs> I didn't say put him in it. I'm saying Mark Wahlberg <laughs> should be in it. Mark Wahlberg and Jason Statham, Charlie's hey, Theron. How's your mother? I already, I already thought of a cast and everything for it. I was there. I- and Chris Hemsworth as like the lead, right? Uh, but he's funny too. He can lead me anywhere. Chris Hemsworth, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, so you are going cop. <sighs> and Daniel. Radcliffe. I don't think Tiffany I Haddish love is Daniel funny. Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe is great, and he's a board gamer too. I've never, I don't, I've never watched the man in Harry Potter. I know him from everything but Harry Potter. I love uh, him Swiss, Swiss Army man. Tiffany Haddish was in some show on peacock or something and it was like all these comedians and i just it's just it's just not my type of humor yeah what do you like her in you know i honestly i can't even tell you where i've seen her i know that <laughs> you like, just I, named her I, randomly I know, like, who she is and i know that she's funny i can't even tell you like what shows i've seen that she's on h-a-d-d-i-s-h tiffany hannix who's on that show on netflix recently like a whodunit kind of murder show. That's what I was talking about. I, th- I, 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 talking I, about. I don't okay, know what. Oh, I don't. She's in the card counter. I've been wanting to watch that. She was on the, an episode of Smartless too, and uh, she just. Uh, this is what disappoints me. This is what disappoints me. Comedians, I know they don't have to be on all the time, but you would at least expect them to be funny when they're on a talk show. Agreed. I understand that. And she just wasn't. She just wasn't. But Ryan Reynolds, he was gold on Smartless. Cast Ryan Reynolds too. There you go. He's the dragon. He's always on. <laughs> he, yeah, he or um, put him in the movie. He'd be great. Okay. Last question. Your favorite thing right now that you're enjoying? Um, I've been really liking uh, a couple things. I've been more into baseball this year just kind of watching baseball in general and following baseball uh more than i have in the last few years because i'm a t-mobile person and i got uh free access to to like the mlb tv app and everything so i can watch any out-of-market game my hometown minnesota twins i can watch them all the time so that's sweet other than that as far as like tv and stuff goes i've been into uh a couple shows I've been watching recently. One's called uh, called Modoc. It's in the Marvel universe. Oh yeah, I watched a few episodes comedy. of that. Yeah, great, love it. Patton Oswalt, Jerry's favorite comedian. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I love funny. Patton Oswalt. He's funny. Do you not like him? Stan Patton Oswalt. I one of our one of the listeners wrote in an email one time saying that Patton Oswalt was his favorite comedian, like all time favorite comedian. I don't know how we got off on the subject. I guess on the podcast. And I do I, the only comedian I think I've ever seen bomb on David Letterman was Patton Oswalt, and David Letterman crowd like a wet cardboard box could kill on that show. <laughs> I went on this tear of trying to, funny. of trying to watch like find something funny of Patton Oswalt, and I have yet to find any stand up show he's ever done has even made me. He was chuckle. good in Ratatouille. No, he's not good in anything. He is he the no oh, Patton Oswalt is the least funny. He's good in that one show where the guy from Sunny in Philadelphia is a teacher. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, that's actually the other show that I was going to mention. AP Bio. So good. I love that AP show. AP Bio, yeah. Larry is on it. He's really funny. Write that down. Let's see. What's our time? No, we're good. We got 52 minutes at this point. 
After editing out Jerry's long pauses, it'll be about 37 minutes. Mm. Why are you shaming my voice? <laughs> I'm shaming your pause. My pause because I think. <laughs> like I said, something you should try occasionally. <laughs> that way, be able to flow a little bit better. Well, Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. Thanks for emailing. Thank you for having me. This was awesome, you guys. And um, Jerry, any last words <laughs> before I do away with you? <laughs> kind of threats that <laughs> any last words for this episode of the I, podcast no, other than we'll be at bgg soon this would be this now will this out. be out before then yeah so next okay. week the week after yeah so uh there's something that you want us to play at bgg leave us a little something it's an email we'll let you know we'll be coming at you live all right from bgg if we will not be live Bubba. mike will be there enrique won't be he'll be and in Belize. Belize. Or Brazil if he's Nobody lost. knows where he's going. He'll be getting. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. Stay classy.